too. Like, oh, you look great. Like shit. Oh, I always look great. What are you talking about, Ami? <laughs> you are my tribal chief. First of all, don't tell me what to do. Ding dong. Hello? Yes, y'allah. Rise and praise, morons. It's time to kick the week off here. Channelattitude.com. Hameen Media Group. Monday Locker Room. Back in action with all the headlines from the weekend. So $5 face slap yourself. Get that Russo Bro Broaster's coffee. The dipping donuts running through your veins. And get ready to get back to work. Because there's no rest for the weary here on the Monday Locker Room. <laughs> oh, what's good, fam? As we go live here on YouTube, Ben Hameen channel, twitch.tv slash Hameen Media. But as always, for the great subscribers of channelattitude.com, Hameen Media Group, who uh, keep the lights on. Bro. I got you, too. Uh, but it's another... Big business week here with uh, the two lords, the captains of industry, the masters of media, uh, trying to bring all that marketing experience to uh, the world and, and take our clients from local to global. And I'm glad you could join me this morning. Back in action, it's R to the B to the V, Richard Bronson Vickery, ready to chop it up on the Monday Locker. Morning, pal. Oh, Ben, you know, great to be back. I think it's been a while. It's been a hot minute since I got on uh, the Monday Locker Room, but I was thinking about it as I was prepping this morning. You know, I was on the very first Monday Locker Room. Hopefully mm -hmm. we'll be on the, on the last one and periodically in and out between then. You and I both, man, we are running on fumes right now, but you know, yeah, the chat's bro. filling up, man. The, the people are excited. This is why we're here. That's what we were <laughs> talking about. Uh, yeah, hey, man. hey, I'm in a great state, the greatest state, God's state where God made his chili, the OHIO, the sun is shining. I, I showed you what I'm looking at here. I, I apologize, people up there for the glare, but hey, my view, I'm overlooking the pool, uh, the barbecue pits, the, the fire lounge areas, the, the cornhole, the uh, bocce ball, whatever the hell we got here. That's how we live in HMG style, baby. I'm happy for you, man. It looks like when you show me it just uh, almost that resort life, which you know I love when we get away to – the Caribbean or wherever we're going, Jamaica, Bermuda, Bahamas, Cancun. Uh, I, I love uh, Dominican Republic is calling my name. Actually, the beaches in DR are pretty incredible. But we still got a long, long way to go before we uh, get our next break. Yeah, uh, Media M5, uh, my boy over there says, fuck Ohio. Chillicothe is the meth capital of the USA. Yes, it is. <laughs> but thank God. Thank God for the meth capital of the USA. We were just there on Saturday, and they were eating up them cheesesteaks, baby. We were food trucking yeah. like motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, man. That just means you can sell to them 24-7. They never sleep over there in meth county. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, a lot, man. Uh, appreciate everybody checking in from across the globe here. I'm sure we'll have international flavor. I know we already got Canada and the U.S. in the house. We'll see. But big shout to Media M5. I know he's bit under the weather and such a super uh hmg all, all, all supporter everybody got a little see uh you know yeah, uh, show him, you know. oh my yeah yeah yeah, yeah. hey uh, <laughs> if ben, ben, ben and i talk long enough that'll be filled up with ladies here in a couple hours so uh we oh, might boy. do an, an after show <laughs> the, the after the monday locker room. might need to do some man on the street for monday pal but uh 
you know, up everybody... for a big announcement coming later. Yeah, big Annie up. <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, I just wanted to say shout out if you're going through anything like that and you're able to escape. You know, I know his uh, his health has been an issue, so I appreciate you hanging with us, man. Media M5 uh, and every, everybody, uh, you know, kicking ass uh, in the watch alongs and just having a good time together, man. The community's strong as it, it's ever been uh, on uh, Hameen Media Discussion Group as well as the, the live watch alongs. So, uh, you know, we're just kicking ass. And it was a great week last week getting to cross over with Cafe Day Renee. I feel like he and I have a lot of chemistry in our, <laughs> our form and our own little bromance uh, in chat as well, man. And uh, I had a good time Friday night after the SmackDown Live self-help group. Whoa. Uh, hopping on with milk crates and microphones, some uh, West Coast guys, man, who heard me on uh, K100 and have been big supporters and wanted to talk uh, conspiracy and everything else, wrestling inside. So a real fun time, bro talk with some some uh, new great crossover there. So milk crates and microphones, check them out on Instagram. It was a great, if you want some more Hameen, it was a good time that way and some, some really good conspiracy talk. Well, we were supposed to do Conspiracy Horseman last night, but... I think GGP was on the road and I was just destroyed, man. By 930 last night, I could barely keep my eyes open. So, uh, but we're back at it, back in the saddle again to ride out uh, and regulate, man. That's what we're here to do. Hey, let me ask you, you're, you're getting all these hot spots over mm-hmm. keeping it 100. Is K-Dog, Mr. Conan, has he ever mentioned to you about the group group (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't think he listens to anything so he probably doesn't know the ongoing joke i'm just you know either you know uh joe or disco yeah yeah. (laughs) Yeah, i'm sure he would pop for it if he was in on the running joke you know what i mean but uh, i think i threw one down on him over there when i did a little whatever with the roadcaster they're always like what the hell was that (laughs) because they're not used to the the sound pad man but uh it's it's always a great time hanging with K Dog over there, man. Massive respect uh, to K one hundred, and I'm sure I'll probably uh, be back over there sooner than later this month, sometime. You know, I, I actually I was just recently because uh, I listen to their show. I, I do the clips for them. You know, yeah. I, if something seems interesting, I'll jump in. Uh, but they were putting over Russo. You know, hey, it's like sure. he, he has his methods. You know, they were talking about some of them hit, some of them don't. So it's good to see the love. You know, across all all the networks there. Absolutely, man. And, and, you know, obviously Vince is, uh, bills himself as a TV writer and, you know, journalistic that way with his uh, degree, but instead of being one of the boys and I would never tell them what to do. And that's a, not a get out of jail free card. That's just knowing your role. And this is where I don't cross over, but all the guys who seem to heat on him is because of that reason. And I'm going, if he's that good at creative, and he's got your best interest at heart, but you don't respect him because he's not a wrestler, even though he did chain and train at Johnny Rods. Like, it never made it as well, one of the boys or whatever it is. You know, to go to learn that aspect of it, but separate. Gotcha. I, 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 I kind of go through the same thing. Uh, you know, one of our – we'll put him over right here. It's coming up. Your boy versus mine, Mikey Mondo versus yeah. my boy Carson Drake, my wrestling son. You know, Carson always say to me, Rick, you're one of the boys. And I would say, no, I'm not. I didn't butt my way in. You guys are separate from me. I do something different in this business. Yeah. But and I, I kind of had that mindset that Russo does. But my point is to the boys is why tear him down? I'd rather go, okay, he's got my best interest in mind and he knows some of this stuff that I don't. Why wouldn't I smarten him up to the wrestling side of things, even though like, oh, what? So he doesn't smash his back and take bumps like 
doesn't mean you can't get a wrestling education outside of that. Absolutely. So a lot of the, the naysayers or throat cutters are just, um, they're not protecting the business because he's done more than they ever have really. But instead they just want to bitch and moan about and, and put heat on somebody for no reason, but welcome to professional wrestling. He's an obvious heat seeker. I mean, it's easy to go at him. Sure. Yeah, now, yeah, yeah. Now on this, now on this. Mean, you know, I, meanwhile, I, meanwhile, multiple fucking talents from multiple companies reach out every other week uh, off the clips that you're putting out, that Kaz is putting out, that K100 is putting out, you know, that the Feeney is of <laughs> here's ideas that are very simple. And I mean, some are more complex, but play to the strengths of the, the people on camera and they end up liking it or following so you know like i say everybody sees everything and it's not to be like fuck them and and tear them down in an aew botches kind of way we want everybody to be successful and have a great uh you know run in their time that they do and that these bumps mean something as opposed to another meaningless match where it's a start stop on somebody's character or girls are getting hurt left and right doing a bunch of stupid indie shit that doesn't make any sense in getting them over furthering them in a storyline because they do a ripcord fucking forearm (laughs) you know the the flavor of the of the year this year and uh we would rather have great storytelling and let the violence be the the payoff as it should be. Uh, but so, we're so far from that in, in so many respects. But the the guys and girls in the locker room hear that shit. And I, I'll tell you, you know, without naming names, everybody sees everything and they all reach out and they all have this inside the bubble mentality of like i i love that but this is just the way it is instead of pitching their own business and finding the hill they're willing to die on they're just giving the dirt sheets shitty not shitty but false uh (laughs) interviews which is not how they really feel with a lot of baby face charm on them meanwhile the reality in the dms is something completely different but they're not dming those dirt sheet writers (laughs) they're coming allegedly back to the consultants so you know what what do we do uh and there's plans at place in place you know what i mean and uh when the stars align allegedly hopefully they realign uh and you never know who has their hands <laughs> controlling the puppet strings over the puppet masters the puppet masters think they're here the, the puppeteers of the puppeteers yeah yeah exactly man so Who, who's controlling geppetto <laughs> Yeah, right. Exactly. Well, hey, look, let me play a little devil, devil's advocate here. Now, because I ask you, because like you said, you know, so many people up front, uh, they want to use that. Oh, and he didn't bump. Uh, he doesn't know. He didn't come up in the business. Obviously, love that he's still doing this here. But before you got to know Russo, was there anything that you thought like this guy's doing totally wrong? You know, like what 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 is his mindset? What the hell's going on? Until you, yeah. then, maybe you had conversations with him about like. You'd have to go back to like my early, early Mark Mark days of when (laughs) Nitro was still on and shit, you know, and he was in the ring with the baseball bat. I'm sure at that time when I was just a fan, not even involved with the business, whatever that is, 99, 2000. What was was your uh, Arquette moment, you know, when you thought like. (laughs) I didn't have a problem with that, dude. I thought thought it was brilliant even back then because it was great PR. I mean, this guy's married to one of the hottest actresses, one of the hottest women in the in the world it's got the movie going i thought it but i i, I love when they brought zeus nobody, in back in the day for no whole shit about, and shit like that 
I mean, he was champ, so it's a little bit bigger than the features of Bad Bunny and Logan Paul. But you could put Bad Bunny or Logan Paul over for a title, and they that was on the table. So people would then what? Put it over if they had a great match. But because it was back then with the boys and the politics was heavier, that our cat can't be. A lot of what we're seeing going on right now that's being highly praised and touted isn't. If Bad Bunny or Logan Paul had a movie coming out, I fucking almost guarantee you deuce vince game all them would be pitching to put the title on him bro in an upset so it's about being ahead of you needed anything to do they needed something huge at that moment sure yeah and they they had it there with a a huge promotion machine of a movie behind them with all their guys in it it's uh it's not the wrong move by any means it's just something for the armchair quarterbacks to try and hold over his head and and all that shit. It was ahead of its time. And maybe the, the actual, but it's, it's all the same again, bro. Uh, That you're talking, I just watched a quick clip. Best of Piper. You're talking Mr. T with the a team, you know, at that exact same time. So it's all been done before, but it's just another crop of wrestling fans who think they're fucking smart and they understand what's going on, but they really have no idea about, synergy cross-platform promotion what it takes to get outside eyes outside the wrestling business on your product in a hollywood rub is the way things you want them to go and we've done it with what's his name from green arrow and heels and every other thing along those lines bro and they're doing it with hip-hop a lot like i've suggested in the past allegedly at aew now are they doing it to max value possibly not but at the end of the day all that matters is you're a big motherfucker you're a big motherfucker so uh you know they're like uh <laughs> that whatever anybody says about russo the 99.9 percent of the time they really have if it's derogatory they have no idea how much of a kind heart he has how much he's open to suggestions or will uh, be able to brainstorm and spitball things for new business, man. Uh, the fact that we've only really met anal- in analog <laughs> one time face-to-face, um, it doesn't seem like that because we talk every other day or we're online. And it's just like uh, you and I, I think you and I have only been in the same room one time, but it seems like we're fast friends uh, to, to that we see each other every day. So People were shitting on the internet earlier this week too. On no, uh, no, no. On, let me tell this story. On let Twitch. me tell Hold this on story. one sec. But I'm just like that. That's what I. People are like the internet's ruined the world. I'm like fuck that, bro. We make our money on it. I've had friendships, business partnerships, investment relationships, constant business. People are like nobody reads anymore. Fuck that. You read ten times as much as you did in the analog lifestyle. It's just what you're reading is different. So all these negative quantifiers about this unbelievable technology that's been at our disposal um you know has has made some of the best friends i could ever ask for even if we only interact digitally dude i you know i'm, I'm very thankful for it yeah you know to to that you know most people you know social media is so toxic well no it's what yeah. you make of it you know sure. it's brought all of us together you know in the chat uh you know frank spickerbarrel great supporter of ours you know he's he's in here not to dismiss everybody else there but you know uh it Great people that we know. You know, my best friend in my life. I've only met him three times, face to face, Jarko. Yeah, uh, you know, but we talk every, you know, regularly. We're both so busy right now. Like you were saying, now, physically, you know, physically, we've only been around each other once. We, we did a show together. We brought you in. I want to tell this story to everybody. So uh, we're blazing. 
and we're we're slinging some whiskeys, me, you, and Beast. Oh boy. Yeah, yeah. And Beast and Hami, and this is this is for the army out here. Uh, at about three in the morning, Shane Taylor's passed out in the room next to us. Uh, we couldn't get him to go out. He was just beat from the, the hot ass right. day that we were at a festival show. Uh, but no, at 3.30 in the morning, Hameen and Beast are trying to get me to prank call Jim Cornette. <laughs> and I'm not, they're trying to rip my ass and I was not fighting. I was like, no way, you motherfuckers. Are you getting me blackballed already before I've even started? <laughs> well, that's they just the boys his, having a good time. They pulled up, man. they're ready to hit send. They're like, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta call talk. Him, you gotta talk, RBV, you gotta talk. I'm like, there's no way you guys are, li- I'm not doing this, man. Fuck you, motherfucker. Yeah, man, that's that's just the the boys having a good time with each other, and uh, I, there was something going on with Cornette at that time too. I can't even remember some dumb drama, but you know all that shit of uh, whatever he slings towards Russo. You got heat, you got to pay it off, man. So the fact that we don't have a or haven't yet had a big sit down show with me in the middle and going through it all, you know, but uh, you're not gonna teach an old dog new tricks unfortunately so if they want to hang on that anger that's fine i know vince is so far past it then it is whatever is being a controversial figure in this business but um his name still echoes out through time and like i said there's always a lot going on behind the scenes that wwe and aew management have no idea going forward uh, uh, that in the last three years a lot of my words and his words and other people's uh you know alleged words uh are on their tv show and they have no idea they think the performers came up with it themselves and the performers are want to but they don't uh have the stroke to to pitch a thing a certain way so it all happens in this covert way but i'm fucking sick of giving away free creative for 20 years give me the fucking saturday show give me uh, the consulting gig, whatever it is, I don't give a fuck, not even give earned more than earned because whoever you're paying from Bobby Ashley to whoever the fuck dirt sheet writer you want to hire thinking it's going to be the the boys are going to respect him and, and he's going to understand what's really going on. They're not, they're not. So, um, they'll always keep coming here because the the water is fresh (laughs) you know and there's no strings attached and holding it over anybody's head uh so we'll see which way or who reaches out this week based off of something we may come up with today in two minutes on a show in a brainstorming session uh we i get that message almost every month this is better than fucking anything on tv they come up with in two minutes (laughs) you know you'll see that in in twitter feeds yeah this is what I was born to do warm it up, Chris, uh, you know, cause that's, it only takes get me whiteboard or white boy and fucking uh, a group mind mentality. Oops. Wrong one. <laughs> group group. Group. Yeah. Okay. Group. And, and, and knowing uh, how to say yes. And in a very improv style and then heightening, exploring each other's ideas. This is the, the fundamentals of uh exactly how hmg creative roles and what my whole life and platform are built on and so far it's doing okay <laughs> you know, you know the, the chats over here uh they're talking about you know back to the russo cornet thing and uh oh golly golly blanchard bringing up you know cornet doesn't want to let it go is is he trying to hold on to this thing against russo just to keep his gimmick over or i mean yeah. or could it could it go further you know would, would it kill his game to actually do a sit down. No, it would probably get a hundred thousand dollar 
If we had it here. I, all right, but like 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 with AEW and Wembley, like would it be the one-time sellout and there's nowhere else to go after that? Or could you grow off of that? Oh uh, No, I think it's a one-time event of – a sit down moderated 90 minute uh you know theater experience but to kill your business afterwards like, how does he come back after and say oh now i can't say shit stain anymore you know you know or, or but vince has always been open to it i mean he's open to sitting down yeah. with anyone right and, bra- and breaking bread yeah well i think there's a, you're right on with that's cornet's heat but like i said heat needs to be paid off so you're just gonna keep going and going eventually you're just gonna look like uh, uh, the crazy old man ranting at the moon and and then all of your argument goes out the way just to keep being able to say little nicknames or anything along those lines right so um it, it really lessens and makes him look like uh somebody smaller than he should be you know instead of stepping up and saying these are the things i had i have that i hold on to and that will make me angry about you and uh let's vent it because everybody else seems to be doing a fucking self-help therapy group promo in the ring most of the time so this is what's been building for 30 years then let's make some money off it which if Cornette is the master worker and uh you know manager and, and promoter that he is then he should know that there's there's possibly a quarter million dollars sitting on the fucking t- table right here bro and to is that worth it just to keep the online little rib going for a bunch of fucking nameless faceless mark wrestling fans or is it really more worth it to pay off the heat and have a sit down and even afterwards like even in the thing go well i'm still gonna call you shit stain vince will go that's cool bro do what you gotta do (laughs) you know uh you can keep the nicknames but it's about for the audience who's been watching this that moment of You know what hey, I mean? If, that, if AEW can sell a T-shirt with uh, Britt Baker with a black eye, Russo can sell a T-shirt that says, I'm a shit stain guy. <laughs> yeah, why not, bro? He'd come out and wear one. He'd probably wear a shit stain shirt because if you can't laugh at yourself, then what the right? fuck are you doing on this planet, bro? Dude, I'm thinking if you could get that sit down, think about this. Across yeah. all the you know the wrestling bubbles, that's just not a podcast. That's a pay-per-view. That's oh, 40, no, that, that's, 40 yeah. that's 49 99 yeah you know on your local yeah. people oh, i have it right here the, the, the capitol theater or the stanley right in my backyard it's all right there dude it's all right there a mega if we would have do it at stevie mania and i know these pussies won't ever accept but <laughs> uh you know they did that would be the biggest match we do that on a hundred dollar ticket and then the other on a hundred dollar ticket as well as you get to see k100 and we'd all split it up there's there's a half a million dollar gate right there bro between digital sa- or digital sales and, and live ticket sales there's a half a million dollars on the table but everybody's ego and these little petty middle school beefs are in the way but the guys who are ready to pay it off and actually make money and make a moment that people will then talk about for another 10 to 20 years no we can't do that because i I'm, i've got to stick to what i do uh your wife pays the bills you're <laughs> you're a nobody get down to 185 you're a shit stain i would never I, I'm, I'm packing baby i carry a gun yeah, man, easy big heater uh you know all these little fucking bullshit excuses instead of doing what really needs to be done if you want to draw a line in the sand is be a man and and that goes on the same thing for cornet side of it a lot of that is that southern fried bullshit talk of like and uh, then there was a fight here and there was a fight here yeah who'd you knock out 
nobody, man. You, it's I, I, got, I, got a, I got another match here. We got the New Yorker versus New Jersey guy, man. Big Ray versus Brian Lance, the Cornet guy versus Tommy. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I put my money on Big Ray's uh, yeah, dad. The, was, uh, a, was a pro Puerto fighter. Rican, the Puerto Rican Goldberg is going to light him yeah, up. Yeah, his and, dad is a pro boxer, too, so Ray knows how to use his hands, and he's just as big as me, so – um, you know, but I wouldn't mind Big Ray and Brian last on commentary. Now that'd be awesome, now wouldn't that, it? Yes, yes, that'd be awesome. Well, hold on. Um, let's, but let's, just let's... just alone, just alone in the dignitaries we would have at ringside of who's well, I was going to ask like you, that, you, know? To, you know, let's let's you know because we, we are working behind the scenes. Hopefully, it comes to fruition here. Yeah, we'll uh, but keep putting it up. Let's do a little a fantasy booking here for Stevie Mania. Like, where would you yeah. have people? What would you have going on? You got all of our personalities. Yeah. You got the people you want to bring in. You got. Well, first of all, it's Stevie Mania because I'm glad he's alive, you know, and it's to celebrate Stevie's life. And even if WWE didn't want to help him during his recovery time, even though we reached out and got kayfabed fully, uh, half the roster is putting likes and loves and messages of positivity on his wall, which shows you. Well, uh, Trish Stratus just recently. Yeah. Yeah. Who took, Dude, the, who took her best finisher? Who took the best venture, Stevie? If, if anybody says anything bad about Stevie Richards, the problem is with the other person. It's not with Stevie, dude. <laughs> if you know him, is to love him, and and he's he's a he's a fucking great best friend in this business to have, dude. What not I even, for I saw politics. Clip, I saw a clip the other day. I think it was over actually in in the um, the brand the, uh, the the fan group, and the headline was Stevie Richards buries Triple H. It's like I'll give us a listen. You know, maybe there's something here. Maybe there's a reason why Triple H didn't answer you know i listened to it there was no burn it was like the most it was like the most sincere nicest way to be like you know this guy's kind of a, maybe a prick you know, <laughs> you know he's right. still putting triple h over while he's doing it yeah and, you know the headlines they're just trying to make it like it's this vicious attack on him like Oh, well, that's all they have. That's all these little dirt sheet writers right. have instead of instead of actually the thousands of stories that are out there that they could do some due diligence on. They don't. They go for that low, not even low hanging fruit, yellow journalism, really. Uh, but with Stevie Mania, the reason I would want to call it that is because it's in Philly. They If they don't induct the Blue World Order into the Hall of Fame, they're fools. And, you know, even if they did. I'd like to have something that celebrates Stevie directly in his hometown. So Stevie mania is just a great, easy and marketable thing along with all the brands we have. And it would be very cool to have K 100 cafe, Darren, a uh, HMG, obviously Russo brand rip Rogers podcast all in one. The way I see it is like a, a hotel convention center type thing with, you know, high ceilings. And during the day, we have the signings and we have all the personalities together, all the photo calls, all the good brother stuff, you know, the man on the street stuff with all of our fans and and, and, and everybody repping live, together. Live man. Podcast, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, just meet and greets, all that stuff. Everybody. And, and dude, if it's about throwing Conrad and Bischoff and those guys in there, too, then so be it, bro. I, I'm not here to be like, it's only our thing and no it's the community everybody listens to everything and i'm not here to be like our shit over theirs but if it's the podcast world then let's tap into the most qualified group of fuck group. of group. Uh, listeners that uh can sign up for our stuff or haven't signed up or they're just aware of one, maybe not the other. And we're all there and in fucking throw Cornette and Brian last in there. I got like I'm saying no problems. Hey, well, uh, hey, everyone's that. welcome to the party. Yeah, and then 
that night, uh, you know, if these guys would nut up, <laughs> it'd be time for uh, celebrity uh, dirt sheet boxing. And uh, <laughs> it would be it would be the second biggest match aside from the WrestleMania main event that people would talk about for the next 10 years to come. But they these guys run their mouths and then like they want some. But then when they're offered to get some and make a payday on it and make a huge memory there's 1500 stupid little juvenile excuses, which I, you knew was coming. So the, all I can do is put it out there in the ether sphere and, uh, and, uh, draw the line in the sand. So they stopped. And are they talking that shit? Have you heard them in the last month or so? No, because that's what you do with these fucking types of douchebags. And it's, it's easy to get over on them. Um, because they'll, they'll end up cutting their throat. I told you, you let them get right to the edge at right of the cliff. And then you go up and go, or put out, he's going to say something stupid in three, two, and then they make some fucking offhand 9-11 joke, which is my bit, but it doesn't really fit with their fucking personas and they get canceled again or lose their Patreons or whatever the fuck, because that's what they do. That's not what we do. We, uh, we build a community and have success and they do nothing but something egregious and stupid whether it's talking shit about Brody Lee on the day of his death and then acting like they're the victim, the, the anniversary of his death and acting like they're the victim in it. Then, Oh, they just want to come out. They know exactly what they're doing. And when they got called out on it, it's like a kid with their hand in the cookie jar, bro. No, not me. Yeah. You motherfucker. And now you're grounded. So, uh, and then now it's time for that ass whooping. Wait till your father gets home. Well, daddy's home. Daddy's home. Thinking of some of the, some of the good matches uh, that could happen at Stevie Mania. Uh, and like uh, <laughs> Frank, Frank saying, everybody wants to meet Sideburns. He'll be there. He'll be the head ref. Yes, Sideburns would definitely be the ref in the match. I, I'm bro. thinking. And then uh, after I knocked those two guys out, I'd turn and punch Sideburns in the face as hard as I could because that's what I do in almost every I, I'm day. thinking the intergender champ of the world, Chris Silvio versus uh, Deeb, Serena Deeb. Oh, uh, well, I don't know. She's still under. She's still under contract. If, so if she, could, if she, if she, if she's allowed to take the booking, you know, I think that'd be a good yeah. one. Uh, what about the Spirit Squad versus the Outrunners? Oh, that'd be good. Squad <laughs> versus Outrunners would be great, dude. That would be money right there, man. Yeah, they would love that match too. Um, yeah, there's so much we could do just in house alone, you know. Uh, and and if you want to do Squad versus Outrunners, then you could even make it a triple threat. And bring I was out, thinking the Mobile Hummers. Uh, yeah, Meanie and, and Nova too. You know I, I, I mean? That would be a big one. I was, <laughs> yeah, I, you yeah. know, if, after you're done beating the shit out of the sheets, maybe uh, you and Blaze versus the. the I'd, be, I'd be the something. main event. I'd be the main event. No, I'm not. I'm not working a fucking shoot boxing match where I got to knock out two guys in one night and then go wrestle. Uh, Sideburn <laughs> versus Don Stevens. That's a hell of a match, bro. I'm here. Oh, uh, yes. But, but, yes. Yeah. But but all uh, and then Kayla uh, kisses super me horse again, kick to the face for Sideburn. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. But. Uh, all that is uh, not necessarily a pipe dream. It could all happen. We've got the time to do it. We've got the support behind us. But obviously, the guys who would need to be in the main event uh, are bitch made and would never accept, unfortunately, because I don't know why. Just get knocked out. Like, it's not a hard thing to do. Like, <laughs> I'll take care of that part. You can collect the check well, after. You know what? We'll even pay your way there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'll, I'll pay their way. Sure. Mm -hmm. Or my wife will apparently. My wife, Which, yeah, they wife, wife seventy two will take care of the. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you know all that. All that it would be a beautiful WrestleMania forty, and then I can hang up the Spurs and just uh, focus on uh, you know 
weed dispensaries and horseshoegenetics.com and and everything I want to there. And that'd be the ultimate way to kind of drop the curtain on my career as I am at the end of my bump card pretty much with, you know, I got to defend these son of a bitches. (laughs) We're we're talking about, you know, fantasy booking here, you know, a dream situation, which it it very well could come uh, to reality here. I want to circle back here real quick because all ties together because Russo will be there. He'll be a part of this thing. Do him and Arquette still talk at all? Do they have any kind of relationship? <laughs> um, I guess a while ago, maybe three years ago, I feel like there was some contact when he kind of came back on the scene. There I feel for like a we would need Arquette on this show. Why <laughs> not, bro? It, 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 and as a uh, and dignitary row sitting next to Rip and Von Lilas and everybody else, absolutely, bro. Yes. You know, Love it. like like just that alone of like the who's who here, like <laughs> to see these guys get their ass kicked and everybody we could have, man, in the promotion. Like it, it would really be not to say Starcast hasn't done a good job in the past and things like that, but this would be to another level, you know what I mean, for the community. So it uh all I can do is put it out there and keep working on what I'm working there on. You go. MS, MSG sharing with us uh that Russo did a special. Uh, sit down with Arquette. So yeah, that's, that's what I said. I'm not sure what year that was, but uh, you know, everything blurs together now. So, um, yeah, there's no heat or anything that way with those two guys. I just think that's somebody we would need there. It, it, it would really set it, you know, set it off. I agree. I agree, man. Um, so it's up to those other guys to nut up and shut the fuck up or put up or whatever they got to do. Uh, but will they, I don't know. They got 10 months, get on the gas, get a boxing trainer, bro. Like <laughs> uh, I'm still dropping weight. What I was, I was 292 two years ago coming out of COVID and I was 246.6, uh, the other day stepping on the scales and I could probably get to 230. He tried to rib. He's like, if he gets to 185, like, bro, I'd have to have stage four, you know and I mean? <laughs> like me getting to 185. I think I was 185 when I was in ninth or 10th grade. Uh, is it five foot 10, five foot 11? Uh, there's just no way that that's even humanly possible. 215. I could probably get to 230 and then have Hartnett help me suck weight to get to 215. So, uh, that's about, that's there's, about a, there's another potential. Uh, would you put Hartnett <laughs> versus troop? <laughs> oh dude troop would kill hardnet bro he's fucking <laughs> nah, i'm not saying hardnet's a pussy by any means but troop is a, an assassin bro uh, you, know, you know you know what i like to you know what i like to see though is ec3 versus troop with hardnet as the guest referee that'd be solid hardnet takes a bump and breaks his leg and he has to wear the cast for another six months yeah that'd be good <laughs> uh yeah yeah you never know hardnet could catch troop hardnet knows that oh fuck ton dude i'm not gonna shit on him dude, i just know hey, that, I, that troop I, I, is I, a, hey i'm not passing troop on hardnet, a house bro troop is a house that's that's the difference he's on another um, level man he is yeah, but you know, you're a manager for American Top Team and Colby Covington, you're on another level too. So that's interesting. I just don't think in a weight class MMA fight, that's fucking uh, a GGP versus Troop is a good match uh, for an undercard boxing match. So, uh, yeah, man, I would rather have Hart Knight in my corner getting me ready to <laughs> fucking totally annihilate these motherfuckers. But uh, like I said, when, what other celebrity boxing match have you seen uh, where? you say you'd fight one guy and after you knock him out, you'll fight the other guy right afterwards. Uh, so that's got a, a, a big twist in it as well, man. So. Hey, all I'm saying is at, at the convention, 
Uh, everybody come by my booth. It's just uh, the, the Hummy and Arby versus cheesesteaks. That's all we're doing. We're <laughs> that's eating, it, right? There. We're just eating cheesesteaks, man. It, it, that's yeah. all we're doing. I mean, I love it. Uh, time's ticking down, though. So without them saying, yeah, I'll do it, I'm not going to book a place and get everything going. I mean, we still may do part of it, but, it, you know, we may not. But uh, it's up to you guys, man. <laughs> well, let's get it out there. Let's get it rolling. Uh, ben, you know, one of the headlines I wanted to ask you about, man, I love this. You know, they're, they're trying to get it out there like it means something. Uh, apparently, The Miz has wrestled 18 matches so far this year, and he's lost all of them. But yeah. to me, who gives a shit? He's still probably the winningest guy in wrestling. Hmm. Think about it. Hot-ass wife, reality TV star, movie star, uh, regularly featured in programming. He actually hmm. is one of the few inside the WWE that actually has crossover power that people recognize. Sure. That, that actually is a draw. So what do you make? Anyone that makes anything of this, the Miz loses all his matches. He That's the story. He Russo ain't is, shit. Russo and, and Stevie and I laid that. Well, I don't know. Stevie might have been on the shelf. But Russo and I laid this out, dude. It's as easy as this. MSG, get well, over here. Mr. Ohio Homer is here. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm backing my boy. I'm backing my boy. <laughs> Who? Uh, who's about to hit a thousand days? I mean, that's the story. Roman reigns at a thousand days is the story, right? Uh, So like the other part of that is how many losses the Miz has. He's not going to go to, he's not going to get to, what is he at? 1300. You said, uh, what? Like it's, it's, I think it's like 1300 losses total or whatever, but let's say it's 18. Right. But it's, I think it's like 1300, but he should have been at like number 12, 90 or whatever and he's like there's no way i'm gonna lose 13 like it needs to be the opposite if you have a guy hitting a thousand there should have been a benchmark for the miz to go i'm not losing 1300 matches in my career i refuse to and if i do i'm gonna quit and then now doesn't every match mean something going forward not quit, not quit. Be like i'll divorce my wife like, I'll <laughs> whatever leave. the stakes are right no she should she should be like if you she needs to say it. If you lose 1300, I'm going to divorce you. Like, yeah, that's I don't, pressure I didn't, right there. I didn't, I didn't, You're going to lose the hottest woman on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't marry a loser. You know what I mean? And eventually, what's going to happen? He's got to win. Or he no, loses he's it all. Lose. Lose it yeah, all. Lose you it lose all. it all, bro. You lose it all. You don't almost lose and then just pull up. The, when the plane's going down, pull it up fucking 10 feet before the ground. You fucking yeah, I, tank that bitch. In the hey, ground. it's wrestling, pal. But, you know, if you tell me if you lose one more match, I mean, I'm pulling out again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. MSG says, if you lose 1300, I'll show a pick of your balls. Like, whatever it is, right? Uh, you know, that all that shit. Um, that that's like the old flair with Elizabeth kind of like thing where they're teasing it with like the small little phased out things. Um, but that's where the that's where the story is, and we're missing it. If we got one guy at the top, it's about the losing on the way down, and what does that do for his character to drive him insane? Every one of those last ten matches could be over the next ten months, and the last one goes into mania because most of his stuff is like, uh you know, the Miz TV, something backstage, then a match. So it's kind of in a three-week cycle of when he's on, and then he'll be off for a week or two doing something else, 
and you can you can have people doing celebrity thing, dude. You're gonna lose. I'm not gonna lose. And he it keeps driving him more and more crazy. But if people are talking about it that way, you're like, he sucks. Dude, the you, you benchmark put, you put is him there. Back, you up. put him back in that real world confession box where he's like going insane, like thinking. Yep. Yep. Real, real. He has to go back and relaunch real, real, uh, real world world rules. Like, like after you take it all away from me, he goes back to his original roots and he's the host of the new one. You know what I mean? Things along those lines. And they keep embarrassing him. All that stuff is right there, bro. But you got to set up the stakes and the reason for, for what it is and who's like going into it when he wins a match, he celebrates so huge, but the fact remains that he could still lose, you know? So every win that he has is just prolonging the 1300 sort of Damocles of terms that are hanging over his head of losing his wife, losing his contract, being embarrassed, saying to himself that I'll never let that happen. And then when it happens, oh, what a reaction that would be, but we got to set all that stuff up. So there's another fucking million dollar year idea for you fucking guys to steal and fuck up on TV. Being uh, absolutely there. No, what else <laughs> I have here for you? There's a couple of when they say wins there. and losses mean something, they don't understand what that fucking means. It does not mean going 79 and two means you're a great worker or whatever. Going 0 and 200 sets up the stakes for when you win one that it means everything. Who'd you guys like, do that that's with? That's where back in, wins uh, and ACW losses, was it Lumpy? No, it wasn't Lumpy. It was a guy named Johnny Punch, who was a great worker and uh, did a lot as enhancement talent for guys who were on the roster, had his uh, wife Melody with him, and they did like uh, – even Pat Buck was with him for a long time It was as his tag partner. And Johnny Punch is a, is a great worker and looked, looked awesome in the ring. And uh, then he went on uh, uh, the losing streak, and it was just to get him over with one, one win, and the place went nuts, bro. It's all about storage. I'm about buying in, right? <laughs> yeah. He's out there I'm in the parking lot with the fans. This week, I know I'm going to get my win, you guys. I know it's going to happen. And something, another match with other business might cause his loss. It's not that he sucks. He's a victim of circumstance. You know what I mean? And and it keeps driving him crazier and further until when they get that one win, hmm, place goes absolutely nuts. It's called operant conditioning, uh, my friends. Uh, look into it. Technical terms there. Uh, ben, if you, if you talked about this on the shows, I saw today. It's been a while since, you know, I, well, two weeks, I guess, since I got to sit down with you. But I was, I made jest of uh, shooting somebody. Did you see where Tommy Dreamer re- recently talked about that he had a plan uh, when they did the WrestleMania spot with ECW to shoot Heyman and then off himself? Uh, I heard that before from Tommy Dreamer's lips. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, At first time I, I had heard this, I'm like, damn, dude, like, this is some real heavy stuff. I like, But at first I was like, why are you saying this right now? Yeah. You know, especially after the heat he caught from Dark Side of the Ring and all that, you know, just coming out. If he's in a better spot, do you agree with sharing that now? What What do you think? This whole thought process behind this man is. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have a problem with Dreamer saying what he probably really was. Welcome to being inside the bubble, bro. And when you believe in ECW and you've been running it and people think it's Paul E. And he, he said to this, he goes, hey, Hameen, you like conspiracy theories. Here's one for you. 
Did you know that Vince gave Paul Heyman $10 million to run ECW? <laughs> and like nobody knew it. And then that was the same conversation. I've heard, that- I've heard, I've heard Heyman's take on that where he says, I never got a check. There was never a check written to me. So it's like, so what he wrote it to your parents or some, <laughs> right. There's always a little truth in the lie. Right? right. Right. So the, like, that's it. You can say that he never wrote it to me, uh, but uh, okay. Then who did it go to? Cause it happened. So dreamer told me about that in the same night. Um, right, so when that, he tells you this, when he tells you this, what do you bubble, think? Bro? And you like, fuck dude, this is heavy or like- no, I, I get it. I, I'm like, not like I get it. Like go and assassinate somebody, but if you are like, putting at your WrestleMania, life, you're thinking about, you know, dude, welcome fucking. to the fucking mafia. <laughs> the, what you, when I say the mafia, it's not like, oh, charge us with Rico predicate and fucking take us down, but it's the same mentality. Do my bosses get whacked in the street? Fuck yeah, they do, bro. So like, it's the same thing. You put your life into a company as a soldier and you're the, face of it and your tommy dreamer is really the if you look at the heartbeat of of ecw it was dreamer right you lose but you keep going forward to accomplish your dreams and that was what kind of the fundamental of ecw was counterculture was so it's easy to buy into that when you have sweat equity blood and you're doing the marketing and booking the towns and booking the show and you think that meanwhile you're being fed we're gonna take them over we're doing great things and then you find out that behind the scenes from the top guy, you were being worked the entire time. You, it was all a complete mega mind fuck. It's not about what dreamer, like I'm going to go shoot. Like that's where people are just wrestlers are just human and you can snap, bro. You can have a psychotic episode because you realize you're coming, you're coming to Jesus moment is like, Holy fuck. They worked me. And I was on the inside the whole time. Like, Think about that anger and payback of what you think your only option is at the time of being in a blind rage. It, like, it obviously could have clouded his judgment and things could have been terrible, but you have these psychotic fantasies of revenge and payback. We all do. We have them on people who cut us off in traffic. I'm going to follow them home and smash their head in with a baseball bat. Like, no, you're not but you fucking dream about it. It's just some weird human shit. Now multiply that times a thousand in the wrestling business, bro. And he could have got in probably with a pistol and done a fucking Abraham Lincoln job on it if he wanted to. Because he was supposed to be there. He was seated there. No one would have checked him for it. Yeah. No. What would would that have done to the wrestling business, though, if something like that happened? Uh, Oh, dude. I mean, it'd it'd be bigger than... Is that it? I mean, that's it. I mean, that's, that's Ben Wall times a million. I don't know. Owen died in the ring. We're still here. That's still it would not be, it would be, it's not pulling out a pistol or revolver and just offing someone and offing yeah. yourself. Yes, I agree. It's not that, <laughs> but it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't make it any more of like, Oh, well, uh, clean it up, asshole, clean it up. And then fucking, uh, we're right on to the, the rock music, pal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, that, that's, uh, that's possible. Like, but if that was there and now dreamer, that story's been out there, you know what I mean? Or Dreamers re- reiterated it. <laughs> it's first time I in the universe. What do you do? You bring back Dreamer, but you don't have it as like Tommy's back and he's wrestling or he's an agent. 
Tommy's just hanging out backstage, but through voyeurism, you see that Tommy is really there to do what? You know Even what now. Picturing? No. You know here? Oh, no. I, I was just picturing Sammy and, and KO out there saying, all right, we, you know, we, we've got the bloodline here. Now we've got our own hired gun and bring out Tommy Dreamers. Yeah, you could corner. have Dreamer in their corner against Heyman. But Dreamer's there to help them, sure. But what is Dreamer re- really there to do? At the end, of he, he sells out to Heyman again. No, <laughs> no. He is there to assassinate Paul Heyman. The, the whole, like, if you put that out there, you're not getting it any higher than I was going to shoot him in the head and shoot myself. Now he might not shoot himself, but he wants to get close to Paul so he can do it. Like, and you see things where like, there's something happening backstage and he sees Heyman far away and you look and there's a screwdriver right there, an ice pick. And he goes to grab it and he starts making his way towards Heyman that you think he's going to kill him. And then somebody walks in and be like, Hey Tommy, I need you this. And he just like drops the screwdriver and goes and does what he needs to do. There needs to be multiple near murder attempts on Paul Heyman through the eyes of Tommy Dreamer, and it gets thwarted every time. But you know that the audience knows that Dreamer's there to possibly kill him, and Heyman has no idea that never, he's about to be never murdered. Really say it. Yeah, you never say it. You never say it. It's all it, show, don't tell. You know, and it, if you, if you could have gone back weeks and then you finally pay it off where he does kill the Jew in Saudi. <laughs> yeah, well, he tries to get him, right? You know what I mean? And then there comes a time where somebody stooges Heyman off and Heyman becomes completely paranoid of, of everything. Yeah, he'd be perfect at that, man. That, you know, they're looking over, you know, at the... this is how the game is played out to heighten and explore. Once we find that, once you say I was going to assassinate him and kill myself, what's the name of the game? Assassination suicide. <laughs> how do we play that out to get it so close to where we we start it and then get it to this is going to be the time he's got to kill him you know what i mean uh, that's it, the it's the same thing as a south park oh my god they killed kenny and, and playing it out and playing it out and playing it out. you bastards yeah shout out to the suck my balls podcast that fine looking actor msg matt Schaffer gage out there if you guys love south park definitely check out the suck my balls compendium part and she out there hustling man out there getting yeah, all uh, getting, getting some, some spots there some auditions getting some uh work on the movie booked. scene getting booked baby he knows what it's about oh ben what headlines are hitting you man oh man i got a bunch of them up here uh, i mean there's a lot on the the punk stuff in the saturday but uh this one said well, how about that, that? They haven't announced a location yet because uh, all the fallout from Punk. They're they're trying to get away from Chicago. Where should they go? Uh, well, they're doing a big tour in Canada, but it goes on for a long time, so they're gonna have to fly people in and out of Canada all week. You know what I mean? Or, or two weeks, I think. So that's interesting that they just wouldn't put them on the road and and do it all in one shot because it's gonna cost three times as much. But uh, Keller reports seventeenth, right? June seventeenth. Yeah. Which is strange too, man, uh, because the other thing is the video game supposed to be coming out at the end of June. So we're getting things that aren't launching at the same time. Uh, the fact that it's launching in the summer means that they're selling for the peanut gallery going, this thing's a year behind. We need to get it out there. No, wait three months 
end of September, October 1st, so we can get the holiday sales. If you put it out now during the summer when everyone's outside or traveling or whatever, you're going to have just the diehards buy it. Then you're going to see a big dip off on sales going into holiday season when the other video game manufacturers release half a dozen games for Christmas, you're going to be lost in the shovel or shuffling behind instead of making it the feature one that's right out there competing against it with the right marketing campaign. So nobody's really looking at how to well, do synergy even, and, and everything. Even along a quick, those lines. A quick uh, Google search here for, I'll just type in gaming expos 2023. Uh, so even coming up here, which actually works for them. It starts on a Wednesday and it ends on a Saturday, August 2nd through uh, August 5th in Indianapolis, which is a good market. Uh, NFL runs big games there. College football runs big games there. It's the uh, Gen Con. It's a huge gaming expo. Why not run that right. together with them? Do your dynamite right into the collision there. Launch yeah, the game I would there. have the show. I would have the show there with all the fucking video game yeah. fans who aren't even AEW people and pack it and show them like it's team fucking super smash brothers kick your ass from Korea or whatever the fuck, you know what I mean? That are there. So um, there's, there's all opportunity and it's these types of misses, but um, Keller reports, he says, uh, I'm consistently told by multiple people in AEW in various roles and various ages and experience levels, wrestlers and otherwise. Some have known Punk for many years and others who have just been around him in AEW that most of AEW's top wrestlers who regularly appear on Dynamite would be relieved if Punk and AEW parted ways. Uh, Meltzer Seltzer says, uh, Punk's Warner Brothers Discovery announcement was supposed to be huge. While this Saturday's show was not completely incumbent on Punk's return, those at Warner Brothers Discovery, because of his prior ratings and business success with AEW, pushed very hard for him to be brought back. So seems like the network is not like just that, oh, wow, we love the go to sleep. That's our favorite thing. It's that they look at when he was on the show, the number was 1.1 million. Highest ever. But now, now it's at 750,000 he is the direct link between that and it's not whether they like his bullshit or not what they don't like is a show under a million but Meltzer and Keller fucking will never report it like, like that because they're not businessmen they're not bookers they've never worked with fucking network executives all it can be is some trickle down bullshit that way and the veterans know that Phil is gonna fill <laughs> he was supposed to come back he did some shit on Instagram this week going it and fucking Alvarez. And I'm just like, dude, you are a top star in this shit. Why are you selling? People are like, well, he's just shaking up the sheets to get buzz talking. Eh, you got to protect your celebrity, bro. And he knows that and he can't stop himself, you know, even. And it seems like right when things are going to get reignited for him is when he does some weird little self-sabotaging thing you know, and uh, it kind of holds up the processor, gets the sheets talking in a way of like, uh, do we really want this guy back here? And gets all the boys talking of like, Phil's going to fill. So it's not like we can start the show and think that there's going to be a two year run of success because somebody's going to make him mad. And then we're going to have a, a little outburst and we can be right back to where we were. Cause we didn't fix the problems that happened post media scrum with the fight to start with. Instead, we just created two kindergarten rooms and kept these kids over here and these kids over here instead of going, Nope, everybody's going to get together. Cause we all got to get to first grade together. And <laughs> we're not, we're not even close to that, man. So I can see where the peanut gallery of, legends and young stars and everybody else is is kind of trepidatious 
Is Punk at the point? I mean, he knows he's owed his money, so he doesn't want to come back, so he keeps just doing this to keep himself on the sideline? Um, I don't think this is how he wants to end his career, even though the money's there. I don't think he wants to take bumps. Nobody wants to. Uh, but he he is a spotlight addict. Uh, he is straight edge as he is. That is his true addiction. Uh, that's why these things of negative reinforcement keep happening where he just can't stop himself or – or what have you, but, uh, you know, uh, I think holding out, uh, for a steel is a, is a good move though, to be honest with you, whatever punk is or isn't, or what he can or can't do to, to upset people. He is a, a, a smart, smart businessman, bro. When it comes to getting max money out of people and getting the power that he wants to bring a steel back. And I thought ACE was killing it before everything too. He had some of the best promo work, uh, in AEW history to like fire punk up right before everything went down. Maybe he did too good. And that's why the fight broke out. But uh, if, if punk is going to have a lot of control on the Saturday show, like I've heard, then I would bring back ACE too, because here's the thing where I've heard this. Brian Daniels is going to be a writer. I on that say, I also he was going to be contributing. It's a mistake. I'm, I'm telling you from experience right now, dude, it's a mistake. It, even at immortal where I have a, a very large hand in the creative aspects, booking and, and being a mentor to the promoter, you know, um, it's too much. I have to think about six, seven other things on the card and what those finishes are and where they go and who's getting over and where we are in the long-term storyline. I love that. That's what I excel at. But guess what? <laughs> I got to fucking defend this belt. And now if I'm, my focus is split on six, seven other guys, things I can only do my job where I have to do it to be the best thing on the show is what I should be striving for as the champion. Absolutely. I have to now make a conscious effort to keep that in mind because my focus is so split that I would only be giving them 70 to 80%. And that was the same thing at OVW, bro. When I was writing TV with Beast and Power, the Mobile Homers and, and Twinkle Toes Martin Evans, um, sometimes doing everybody else is, like I said, 33 people drowning, three lifeguards on duty, bro. You know what I mean? And I'm not thinking about swimming my fastest lap. I, my my performance suffers. Like, it's like, oh, shit, we got to go. Fuck, I didn't even think about my monologue that I got to do. Yo, Lord, hear me now. And I just go into the same old rip. There was probably like five or six shows like that where I'm like, God damn, my performance I wasn't even thinking about because I was wanting to get these guys over. And that's what's going to happen with Daniel Bryan and Punk, which are the two guys you spent the most money on to ensure that the performance is top notch. Now you're automatic. Those guys, their hearts in the right place to make a good TV show, but they're, they're going Their performances are going to suffer. I'm telling you right now, there's just, that's just how it is. There's no way around it. When you guys would write together, what was the structure? Was it okay? Everybody all thought press on one things or was it okay? Beast, maybe you worry about the tag team. I mean, you take the main event and then come together or what? When it was agenting, it was like that. When it was, when we would get to the show, Beast, you're going to take these three things. Los but Ramos on the creative side, as you're sitting, I mean, we're sitting in that, we're, that process. Where are you yeah, guys yeah. at? What are you doing? You know, what are you drinking? Tuesday, Tuesday yeah, yeah. Uh, we'd have practice Monday. Tuesday, we'd all work in Revolver. And then we'd meet at, at Revolver's uh, apartment that smelled like cat piss and egg whites and sit on no furniture and a shitty mattress and sit there with our uh, spiral notebooks 
And who That's we have for a show right there, man. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> who we have on the show and who's paid dues to rip, who's got heat, who doesn't, and and keep writing out six weeks of TV. And I would I would give them, all right, here's the idea of uh, what we all came together with. Now, here's the improv of how we hide and explore. And they'd be like, oh, yeah. And then they put the wrestling rip mindset into it that I didn't have the education that they did yet. So we just be in a group think tank vibing. And then we go to TV Wednesday. Somebody might be on TV or not, but we would know what Al was kind of writing and we would see what the holes, not holes in the game, but places where we could fit our guys in on Derby city wrestling based on the details that happened that could trickle down that Al couldn't really have time to work out. You know what I mean? Uh, So we were our own show, but a support show and we would take those uh, opportunities to put them on the, the non-contract guys. And then things might trickle back up based on us taking care of the details down below. Then Al left and we were able to cross over and write OVW and DCW at the same time. So we had the, 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 the back and forth of anything that was there. We could pick up the details on the lower end and the fans love that shit. So uh, but when it came to getting to the show, we'd have to be like, no, you're aging this. Uh, you're going to be in control room directing, and I'll go agent these guys and do that and that stuff, bro. What, so what kind it was, of feedback did you get from Al? I mean, was there some things that he'd look over like, hey, I like that. I'm going to trickle that over to this. Not really. Oh. Not really. Uh, the From Al, it would be like, like, sit there and watch what he's doing, and he's writing his show, and how can we support him instead of being like that? But then Al would come and do DCW and just have fun being one of the boys, man. And uh, and uh, he was El Escritario, the the luchador. That's the desk in Spanish. Uh, so he was part of the lucha division. He worked with Totally Awesome. He worked with Richard Cranium and uh, and Lumpy Magoo to help get them over. And he would just have fun. But I think he knew what we were trying to do. Obviously, we were on the road setting up the ring every show or being in the show with him. And he was trying to get us on where we could. But he had to answer to WWE. So he really wasn't worried about what the fucking under guys and students are doing, but he knew it and respected it. And when he would work with us, never charged us a dime, <laughs> you know, and, and would do business with the boys to get them over. That's so inter- that's interesting. You know, that, yeah, dude. So if he can, so were there people that would say, if I'm working DCW, you guys had to come out and like pay their booking fee or, no, there was no booking fee. You paid okay. me on DCW. <laughs> if you didn't pay, if you didn't sell five tickets and pay rip your dues money that week, you're not on the fucking show. I don't care how over you think you are in your in your uh, student show TV that's on. We're getting seen by 150,000 to a million in there. Uh, you know, if you didn't pay rip his fucking money and you didn't sell your tickets, rip would go, nope, fuck you. You're off the show. And if we put somebody on who had heat like that, rip would fucking heat on us. So there was a couple times where that would happen because guys are non-contract. They're working market. I mean, you guys had a hell of a you guys have a hell of a reach. We got derp, we got uh, DCW in Cincinnati. It was on the CW. Yeah, yeah, well, up to a million homes, bro. And we would have about one hundred seventy-five thousand watchers, million out of a million homes. That's a pretty damn good twenty percent market share, bro. I'm down. So. Um, all that was like these outside factors of heat injury fucking didn't pay rip. So instantly your whole booking that you came up with Tuesday night, when it comes time to shoot on Thursday, somebody fucks up on Wednesday and rip goes, Nope, they're not on the fucking show. Fuck them. 
okay, now I got to rewrite my main event, got to rewrite my format. And sometimes they would, Rip would do that just to fuck with you so you feel what it feels like to be on the road, bro. So he, he just pulled events on you, come in out of nowhere, rewrite it. Here's how Rip would here's how Rip would write the show for the first 22 episodes. He had ideas of guys that we wanted to get over, but he'd go, uh, let's see, motherfuckers. Uh, yeah, you paid your dues, you paid your dues, you paid your dues. Did you sell five tickets? Uh, okay, okay. You, oh, you sold 10 tickets? All right, you're fucking over. You're in the main event. Oh, you sold uh, you know, you sold you, you sold two. Well, get fucked. You're not on the fucking show then. You think you're over, you ain't over. And then he'd just see who that list was, who paid him, and who sold tickets, and goes, okay, now you're going to wrestle him, and you're going to win with a sunset flip, and you're going to fucking wrestle him. There was no – dude, he'd write the card right there that day, like an hour before the show. And But what Rip would do is spend the time on getting guys' characters over, like Richard Cranium, who is like uh, – we call him SpongeBob, but he's like a spaz character, right? And he has uh, like a speech impediment. So he's like, the tournament, instead of tournament, the tournament is coming up and the Undertaker might be here. You never know. And he goes, six more weeks, six more weeks till the tournament. And he'd start charging up. Richard Cranium's going to get crazy. Boom, that's it. Five more weeks till the tournament. Five more. And then boom, like, and and the same thing was going on that he had had Man Beast do about Brian Alvarez, you're a ch- Chico, you're a chicken, and your grandma ain't nothing. And and we do seven, eight weeks of just promos to get guys over that way. And it worked, bro. And that's what Rip would do to focus on character. Bing, bang, boom. Uh, but like I said, your show could get thrown under the bus like that. <laughs> yeah, I do, I do remember the first time I went to OVW. Uh, it's just one of those that stood out to me was calling out names and asking for ticket sales. Got to got to fill the house, bro. Like that's the number one I think, thing. I think it was everyone had to sell ten when I was there. Yeah, why not, man? Uh, let's let's get the place full, and that's what I tell my students to UWE. I go, you don't have a spot on Immortal. You have the opening match if you sell these tickets and fucking learn how to hustle because you want to get over with a promoter. You know the fastest way to do that? Hand them a fucking envelope of cash from uh, from selling sponsorships. Selling tickets to fat women, selling tickets to people at your work, whatever it is, that's what's going to get you on the show. And to show that you're willing to be there for ring setup, that you're willing to buy Alex Shelley's, uh, you know, uh, beforehand uh, to get with him to to have a learning experience there. And, and you're, what are you really paying for? A possible way into impact. You know what I mean? To show that you're there to learn. So when you go to impact in Toronto and be like, Hey man, I took your uh, seminar and it was awesome. That's what you're, you're, you're really trying to do in this business. And if you, you don't know how to hustle on every way to get yourself over with the promoter, with top talent to build connections, then you're really just a mark for yourself. And you believe that you really beat somebody and that your name wasn't circle on a sheet. You're a fucking idiot. And this whole game is about hustle to get to the point where you're on the card that you then get to feed your performance addiction of I get to control the crowd for eight minutes and I love it so much. And hopefully that transitions into, well, I get $2 per ticket that I pre-sold. I fucking get uh, more merch sales, you know, cause people know me and I'm higher up on the card. What's my interactivity. All those things have to happen before you can even get to the point where you're making money in this shit. And then once you do, you should go, fuck, I can either make, 
$40 and hopefully be on the card and not really do fuck all. Or I can work my ass off, walk away with five, $600 weekend payday and be one of the most over guys in the company. But when that happens, all the guys who did fuck all work and didn't promote the show who are still on it, look at you like, look at them. They fucking think they're over because they did this, fuck that. And they have their little jibes. But the reality is they know it's because they didn't do any of the hard work and they thought they were over. And as Rips would say, you ain't over. Every show, I don't give a fuck who you are. I'm 17 years into this biz. I still sell pre-sale. I still sell fucking uh, as many sponsorships as I can. I, I have my students out there uh, poster in the town and selling to their people. So when we go from, fuck, the house went from 350 to 450 And then it went from 450 to 600 last show. Guess where we're headed? You want to see an indie show with a 1000 This is how you fucking do it. How do you feel, you know, it, I've been thinking about this for a while, you know, negotiations between towns, promoters, yeah. back and forth. Both sides are, are, are right and wrong on this. But like you said, um, should there be incentive-based paydays or the flat rate? And how would you structure that? Uh, well, the, you have your flat rate, right? Like, so, like I said, most... But can, I, but can I lower that? You know, somebody comes in and says... You know, seventy-five bucks, and I say, "Well, let's let's go to this." You know, what I'll guarantee you fifty, but if you hit these incentives, I could take you up to a hundred or hundred. Well, that, that I, I don't need to motivate guys. If fucking they, if you don't know this business by now and you're trying to do that shit, then you're just a fucking idiot and a mark for yourself to some degrees. Uh, where they should go. Uh, yeah, I, I get 75 and you go and I'll give you $2 for every pre-sale ticket you sell. That's the incentive, bro. So the guy should then go give me 50 and I can, I can get an extra hundred bucks on my payday. Can he hustle $50 and if, or 50 tickets? And if not, why not? Is your social media not strong enough? Are you not on podcasts, uh, expanding your brand and do and using all the tools at your disposal, letting people know, sharing the, uh, Facebook event and inviting your entire list of people, whether it's local or just to even get the name out there. There's, there's 20 different things that should be done in order for you to make money and then getting your merch right and going, Hey, I'm going to be at the show. If you want the new Carson Drake, uh, you know, or what, what, that's your guy, right? Uh, yeah. The new, uh, Carson yeah. just beat Mondo t-shirt. Yeah. That, if you want that, then, uh, you know, uh, then you gotta, I'm only going to have them at this to like create awareness, create a limited edition, uh, a one-off experience that can't be missed. Um, you know, have, have, uh, three, uh, fat women, girlfriends there at the same time. They can fight it out in the parking lot. That would rip would love that. That would get you over huge with rip. Uh, and then fucking that's before the bell even rings. Now you're set up because you brought in 50 of your own people. Of course, 20 of them are going to spend money on your eight by 10 at 10 bucks a rip. There's another $200 in your pocket. So it's not up to the fucking promoter to go. I could pay you 75, but I, uh, I really want to do 50. And if you do this, then I'll let you do X, Y, Z. You got enough on your plate instead of setting up trigonometric functions for fucking workers to get over bro a worker knows that this is how you get over and you make your extra money this way so you 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 paid me 75 this time guess what i'm gonna do and that's like say my average or whatever just my baseline and i walk away with three four hundred dollars because i know how to fucking hustle when i when somebody sees that i'm in the semi-main event or the main event winning the championship 
they're like, wow, this guy's over because they're marks for belts and they fucking believe in bullshit props. And they go, we want you on our show. I go, sure, man, no problem. What's your rate? $125. Does he know, aside from talking to you, that he gets that? No, but I'm champ now, so my rate went up. And if you want me on your show, that's fine. I'm not going to outprice myself to where they're not going to bring me in. you got to be smart in how you raise your rate from you can go from a $50 guy to a $150 guy in about two years. If you know how to hustle the right way. Do, do you find that promoters talk to each other about prices? Ah, some do, some don't. Some See, do, I, some yeah, don't. And, and, and what I've done, I've never a smart, a smart promoter should, because he, he should be not be able to get worked by the boys when they go, I want 150. And they go, well, I know they had you down the road for I, I was gonna say we, we don't openly talk about it, but we suggest, you know, well, and, welcome and, to the, know, welcome to the mafia. That's how it is. Well, you know, the other thing you run into is the schools aren't paying, you know, Oh, we trained you. We're not paying you. So if you, if you don't have that school Shouldn't link, be. Yeah, I know. So, you know, so if you don't have that school link, you, you've run into some of them where they they're trying to overprice you because they're not getting paid on the other shows. Uh, then they're going to outprice themselves and not be on the show. I don't have that in my budget is the is what it is. All you have to say, you're like, man, I'd like to use you, but I just don't have that in my budget. All I can do is 50. And that's about it, bro. I'm sorry. Uh, just I, I can't. <laughs> Here's this. I can't afford to lose on another show. I, I had to tighten it. And uh, if you want to make more money, then here's how you can do it. If you can hustle tickets and do whatever it takes to bring in enough to cover you at that rate, then I'm more than willing to. But a lot of guys think they're over. They won't even share the fucking Facebook post or the tweet. They won't retweet. And the uh, everyone sees everything. And I've had to give this speech three or four times. Uh, and now it like, they the strike three they're out guys who are on the show who are students working with guys who were more of our top guys guess what they're not getting booked this next show because they didn't share the stuff on twitter they show up because they thought they were with cool with the over guy and that they don't need to hustle or sell tickets you don't but you also won't be on the next show and i'm not going to feel a certain way about it because there's 50 guys ready to take your spot nothing they're doing is adding to long-term storyline or bringing in new people. So why invest in them? They think they're over. You're not over. You have to hustle in this shit morning, noon, and night. And that's just a part of the job, bro. If you want to be successful in this motherfucker. So when it comes down to it, and, and, and this is one of the other things I just want to throw out there. You just need to be honest with the talents too. It ain't no sugarcoating it. Just say, Hey, you didn't fucking do this. This is why oh, I, I say right it in now. the meeting. Uh, yeah, I don't, I'm not going to go up to somebody and go like, you're cut because you didn't do this. I'm going to say it to everybody. And then those who aren't there, it sends the message, bro. That's just how it is. And they'll, other guys will bring their students. And when those guys are X'd out, that means opportunity for who, who's ready to step up. There's a kid who's going to face um, uh, Alex Shelley. His name's Saren Rain. And he's been at every show doing ring crew and he's from farther away. He shares everything. And right now I need to make a new baby face. Cause uh, our other guy, uh, you know, of kind of the same CM punk uh, style, cool guy style is getting work other places. And he's going to move on for a little while. That's fine. Siren rain's about to get his first. I got made match in, in immortal. Same as me getting to work with Foley or Piper or Duggan or, and that's because 
He works his fucking ass off and it doesn't go unnoticed. And those who don't do fuck all, it doesn't go unnoticed. <laughs> you know, we know who the fuck it is. You're not smarter than, dude, you think any indie worker is going to fucking out politic me and fucking like train to swim with the sharks at the highest WWE level. And they want to play little indie politics back and forth. Like I'm going to get, like, I'm going to sell and roped into something. You know, like that, that's how inside their own little bubble of ridiculousness. Some of these guys think they are, and they're worrying about that. And I'm not trying to be like, Oh, look how over I am. I'm going, bro, I'm on with fucking Russo Conan and Rene Dupree in 48 hours together. And you're fucking on Facebook. And RBV. Yeah. And RBV. And you're <laughs> on Facebook posting like a little cunt about things that I'm supposed to sell for that. Like I take a company global based on what I've built with HMG and Russo brand. That's a regional company. That's my value. And I know that, and I'm going to do everything in my power to, to get that. And then they get jealous instead of going, how do I gain some knowledge from him? How can I hitch my wagon to him and do something for his brand? That's going to be repaid back to me. Uh, and I don't, ex shouldn't expect anything, but knowing how he does stuff, that's how it's going to go. Nope. They'd rather fucking, no sell that shit and try and cause more problems for themselves. And that's only going to keep them at a regional level. And that's only going to keep their, their brand small. So that's, that's how it goes, bro. And I'm not going to, you can lead the horse to water. You can't make them drink. And that goes for promoters too, bro. It's a tough world. Yeah. Tough, well, tough, tough you want to, you, you want so to, you want to be a mafia soldier or you want to start as a soldier and end up a capo. There's, there's the, the, the way you play this game is everything. Absolutely. Uh, back to headlines, man. Anything else we got here, brother? Yeah. It's just here for the seeds. Horseshoegenetics.com uh, selling big time. We just uh, sold out of Northern lights photo period. We do have Northern lights, auto flowers left, but uh Get your garden growing for summer right now. I actually just planted some lemon skunk auto flowers in the tent. So a little experiment going on with that. I'm excited uh, for big uh, harvest and crop uh, this this summer, you guys. But uh, get nutrient line. Our first half of our nutrient lines out right now uh, with CalMag solution, worm juice. And uh, if you're a hydroponics grower, pH up and pH down uh, available at horseshoegenetics.com right now, man. So uh definitely uh gonna be the biggest grow year ever uh here in new york growing up growing up baby mm -hmm. uh aew collision is a dynamite but i've seen that um tickets are really low bro and i don't know if it was for this or if it was for the wimbley show but somebody said they saw an ad uh, a four pack of aew tickets for forty dollars bro and uh, tickets for uh, Toronto at Scotiabank Arena are at about sixteen hundred uh, so the, far. That'll be the Owen Hart Cup final. Yeah, uh, uh, five hundred and sixty-nine tickets for Hamilton, Ontario, sold at the first Ontario Center. Are, are they running into? They're taking on too many big shows at once, trying to promote here. I think so, man. I, I think you got to go. You, you can only put so, at Thanksgiving. You can only put so many turkeys on the table. They're in Toronto, right? And they're going to run the Scotiabank Arena. I mean, an arena is a big show. When Impact, which is based out of Toronto with Anthem, runs uh, the nightclub there, dude, it looks awesome. I was there for Slammiversary. That's what they need to be doing. They need to be 
promoting a, a party kids mentality of everybody hanging out and, and unique places to have a show that WCW in the mall. How Capa- cool was capacity that? Capacity at uh, 19,800 at Scotia. Uh, yeah. How much is it? Let me put back up here. Uh, 19,800. So you've got uh, uh, sixteen hundred sold right now, bro. You're at one less than one tenth, uh, about not eight percent. Uh, Twelve hundred eighty-five tickets for uh, Regina, Saskatchewan at the Brand Center. That might do well because they don't get a lot of entertainment up there. Sometimes towns like that will do, but I don't know. But like, I like Center what is. you're saying. You know, just book things that are right there under ten thousand. Yeah, and make it. I would look for six thousand, bro, because they're that's what they're drawing, right? They're drawing about six most of the time. And in here, we're seeing uh, three thousand at Scotia Bank in Calgary and thirty-two hundred house rule shows. It's like in Corbin, Kentucky. I know you've worked Corbin, Kentucky before. Yeah, you know they're running those there, and they look packed. But then they're going to try to these these big shows at these big ass arenas that are like they're all over the place on this. Yeah, dude, you really got to like it. But then people are like, they're running little shit arenas. You got to make it look like are, that's are the really marketing. Are going to say plan. that or are they yeah, going to be yeah, like, yeah. they're going to shit on them either way, whether it's Hamin's Tarp right, Emporium. But, but have a packed house. Right, right. That's what made ECW awesome. No one gave a fuck that they were at the Moose Lodge or that's wherever. Like, I never thought about where the hell they were. No, it just looked no. amazing. But if you're in an arena, because they want to compete with WWE, and if you're in an arena, that's the only way you're going to do it. Because if you're in back in the bingo halls, people are like, see, they're failing, and they can't take that on the chin. You just got to market it and spin it the right way and look for alternative venues that are very cool that are different, bro. Their whole marketing, their their target audience is that that 20-something group. Those people like that. Mm. It, it's It's niche. I mean, it's like how those people drink PBR. I don't think it's a 20-something group. I think it's a 30- to 40-something group. Okay, but those people want to be different from WWE. They they want something so different from the norm, from outside of NFL, big stadium, shit like that. They want to feel like it's about them, smaller mm-hmm. communities. So like you're saying here, go to those smaller venues, make it unique, feel like it's cutting edge. No pun intended here. It's raw. It's real. Yeah. And you're together. If you're in Toronto and you're running it, I would look to run an outside show. And there's this really nice park there. And I think it's right about this time of year, the cherry blossom festival. The park is filled with cherry blossom trees. And it looks like something right out of an anime. <coughs> Kenny Omega <clears throat> wet dream with all these uh, pink cherry blossom trees all over. That's where you run an outside show with your own big tent set up and all that kind of shit. Some, some spectacular things, you know what I mean? That, that are outside of the norm. The Chris Jericho, Chris Jericho's on tour right now. Where's the rock and wrestling show, you know, all these types of things that could be different and in front of an audience that isn't your most diehard, or it is in front of your most diehard, but it's in a cool venue as opposed to, Holy shit. We booked an arena for 20,000 and we were only sold 3000 presale. That is the worst part of that is that your roster knows it. That's bad for morale. That's a big shakeup. As opposed to them showing up and going, you know what? This is a cool venue and cool show. I didn't think this is what it was going to be. Now your roster is like, all right, we're doing something different. And what can we do? And they're, they're looking at like, how can I get my shots this way and do something cool 
and they're they're invested in it you know so i don't know uh jeff jarrett this is kind of in his wheelhouse isn't it isn't he the guy who's booking stuff on the road i don't know that, that's what I he's supposed to be doing yeah, that's, that's yeah. what the whole house rules came about they're kind of doing the uh you know the off the beaten path they're traveling through the south they're kind of doing his old territory yeah. i mean who, who would think you know like i just mentioned they're running corbin kentucky you know, yeah. <laughs> for a, a place that's booking Wembley, you know, Wembley and trying to sell that out. And they're going to Corbin, yeah. Kentucky as well, man, cough, button. my allergies are fucked up today. Um, all those dandelions turned to white puff balls and they're just flying through the air, bro. Devastating. My eyes are welling up like crazy. It sounds like you're booking an AEW show. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, that's what I think, uh, Rough numbers possibly ahead, especially when I see 569 tickets for Hamilton, Ontario at the first Ontario center, bro. I don't that know. Those, that was one of those Annie ups. You know, that was a big announcement. You're, yeah, you're big Annie. Uh, the Owen Annie, Hart Annie. tournament, you know, the finals are going to be there. And I think it goes back again. They spread themselves so thin. I mean, how many big shows are they promoting right now? Four or five? Yeah, but uh, I saw the story that uh, Nick Khan said they would be interested, WWE would be interested in running wrestling every night of the week, bro. And there's talks of a possible Lucha show unto itself so, as well. So, all right, so that's what I was going to ask you, like not just running shows, but running television. It could be. I don't know if it's running shows or running television. I mean, you could have your a reality show. I, I think a, a WWE game show night would work pretty well as well dude you know just like a family game night where they're just doing different things together could be <laughs> could be something along those lines could be like a, a ninja warrior type thing that they want to develop i always said that how cool would it be to see some of the wwe stars cross over to the, the ninja games because they were both on usa to see to see uh, um shelton benjamin kofi kingston yeah WWE Survivor. I mean, it's all right there. Just uh, got to put it together for what you need it to be uh, under your own, um, you know, umbrella of products. So, uh, but this is about um, Wednesday night NDA. <laughs> I like that. Uh, people's court, uh, wrestlers court. Dun, 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 dun. Um, but Nick Khan uh, said WWE programming about moving to a possible streaming service says we like broadcast. But if you look what Amazon's done with Thursday Night Football, folks can say that viewership is down. It's worked because it's keeps people engaged in prime. And obviously they went out and got a high price capable broadcast team. They're having NBC produced it because uh, it obviously needed to look great if they were going to have big programming. It's worked great for them. What we believe Amazon is looking to do is that they want to program nights of the week. If you look at Pac-12, they were advertising the Pac-12 and we're not, we'd go full in on amazon but yes you may get a smaller viewership but if you can get the right deal in place for pac-12 what is primarily west coast based you can do east coast primetime games that start at five o'clock and keep, keep keep people engaged on saturdays for us the friday night smackdown which is was on thursdays prior to going to fox and tuesdays before that we could go any night of the week for entities looking to program any night of the week we think we're attractive to them as well um, so possible Amazon Prime crossover, and we heard that Fox was not too hot on the possible re-upping of the rights, which has been going on right now. And shocker, allegedly, we warned them of this three years ago, and they go, 
we're looking for positive solutions as ratings went from a 3.6 to a 3.1 when I when I allegedly warned them of this uh, on the call. And positive now we're at a, solutions. I like yeah, that. and now we're at a 2.2, and they're going, see how great we are? Because that's up from a 1.7. So really, you lost 33% of your audience. First, actually, you lost 42% of your audience, and now you're back to 33 going, Oh, we're so great, but that's all just for front of house and show bullshit. They really are going, damn, we got fucked over on that deal. We lost 33% from where we originally signed on and we had to pay them an increasing scale as time went on and their product floundered all the way. But because they came up with Roman Reigns and the bloodline, isn't everybody a genius? Mm. Not really, because the numbers don't show that, that they could have. All that did was take it from a 1.7 to a 2.2. But when you're down from 3.1, huh, now we're, now there's these false metrics. And what goes on behind the scenes is, fuck them. We're not paying for this shit anymore. But they're not going to say that out loud. So then out come these stories of like, Amazon Prime did a good job with Thursday Night Football and da-da-da-da. And wouldn't we like to be like the Pac-12 deal? Like, it's all these back, uh, like uh, backwards conversations of media moguls where nobody can admit that they're a their product sucks or b that the people in charge of signing that product had it wrong from the start. Even though they knew the real truth from the beginning, they still made every wrong choice along the way, and they'll get fired and fail upwards into a bigger spot where they get bonus for sixteen million dollars. Problem. The fans don't get a better product. Shit gets shifted around and rebranded, and it's just a shell game instead of doing what needs to be done and focusing on quality, creative, good training, and great execution of long-term storylines that are built out instead of shredding it the day of. And then we actually have an investment from our fans and word can spread that this show is back on track. The rest of this is all corporate lip service to keep the shell moving and like, Oh, is the money under here? Is the money under there? And, and when you've burned Fox and lied to them every single way, when you burn USA, hopefully you're waiting for a realignment. So it's not on you to so be like, Oh, it'll be better under NBC. It's not, it's the same shit. And they're doing the same thing here instead of doing the one thing they should do, which is hire the consultants full time. So we can actually fix so it. It's just getting problem. better. Uh, as you read that, you know, the statement from Khan. My thought was, man, yeah, god damn, he is a sell, he is a hell of a salesman. If he was, <laughs> he's buying that, bullshit. dude, he's super smart, bro. That guy's super smart. Um, Dakota Kai injured in the same women's tag title match as Liv Morgan, so the you know, the best work titles I've are cursed, man. Yeah, titles are cursed. No, they're not. These girls are just fucking amateur hour at the Apollo and they're on TV way too soon. And they are in the bubble to think that nothing they can do is wrong. And when producers are saying they're the best out of NXT and you see Hot Wheels feet and you see. No, just, I, mean, I, I meant they're cursed like they should, just never should have been around. It's just they're, oh, they're on useless ridiculous. talents. It's just a waste. And they just drafted two new girls teams to try and flush it out while two of the more uh, one of the more veteran workers is now on the shelf and they got to strip the titles off them so we're back to square one and they mean nothing and there's no stakes and it's just more lip service for the women's lib movement to be like see we've got everything the men have we're so woke as opposed to like well now everybody has a title and titles don't mean fuck all because anyone can have one at any time so and if we don't we'll invent another one Uh, so okay 
Um, but I guess, uh, you know, Dakota Kai's hurt, Liv's hurt. Like, let's learn how to work uh, or actually learn how to do character more than anything. Uh, Mercedes Monet appeared apparently suffered. She's supposed at, to be uh, hurt. She was carried out yeah. of the ring the other day. Yeah, man. So reportedly broke her ankle during a match, uh, according to PW Insider. So uh, this is the way, uh, I guess, you know, Mandalorian style uh, of what is going to keep going on. But um, everything else is just your normal kind of headlines. I think we gave him plenty of inside talk on actually how to get the fuck over in pro wrestling today. I got to do the uh, SmackDown review with Big Stevie Cool here for Russo'sBrand.com. But I was glad to see you in the DMs this morning, uh, uh, RBV, going, hey, man, I'd love to ride out with you because I was probably going to solo on the dolo. Because when you're getting hit up uh, with wrestling news at 3 a.m. from Timmy Baltimore, uh, chances are he's not making the 8.30 show. <laughs> you know, as he's ranting. Uh, I, I got to reach out to him. I talked to Timmy here a little bit. Uh, this one, actually, this is something that popped out to me real quick because we were talking yeah. about this. Go AEW ahead, Live ahead. Events VP uh, Raphael Morifi says, says WWE really rarely book venues to hurt competition. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Let's see. There's markets where... Ah, it's not really anything. Just bullshit. It's not, dude. Well, let's talk about that. They absolutely do that. And while I was on with uh, with with, Nate, with Renee Dupree on the Friday locker room last week, uh, officially on Hami Media Group. Thanks again, Renee. Group. Okay, Tony. Group. I know. I know. Now will you fucking stop? I'm trying. I'm really am. Um, that he put over. You know, and it, what pops me too is I have to keep my mouth shut because I, you know, I can easily make new Japan jokes, but Renee loves Japan. He spent a majority of his career there. So you shut the fuck up and you shut the fuck up, right? <laughs> but uh, Renee goes, You like conspiracies? I like when he does this. He, when Renee's about to tell you the truth, he goes, You like conspiracies? Big eyes and like <laughs> leans in. Uh, <laughs> but he goes, uh, You know, Muda with that new Japan show in New York City. At MSG when it was the same weekend of WrestleMania and all that shit that they were fucking with that show then and there and that WWE got that show canceled because nobody runs the goddamn garden besides us, right? So whoever's writing that story about WWE doesn't fucking do that, here's what I say to that. Uh, OVW will always be a property of WWE. <laughs> so if we don't fuck Six with it... Six weeks later, it. here come the yeah, trucks. <laughs> right, right. So if they're saying we don't, that means we do fucks with it, son. And the proof is in the pudding with all that shit of, of the jealousy. And you want to talk about it at an indie level? The cease and desist orders that 2CW would get, we were trying to get them because we knew they were on their radar and they were trying to kayfabe. And if we would have um, DX, we had Road Dog Billy Gunn coming in, couldn't use either name. They were look, they wanted us to change the poster three times with cease and desist. We, and then we just made a joke out of it. So we made two CW shirts that looked like Reese's Cups things, NFL things, Disney World things, just so we could collect NDAs on these limited edition pieces so that our cycle fan base would go, I got the fucking Reese's Cup one. I got all the ones that they got NDA'd for, right? So you take these big corporate fuck yous and spin them as the counterculture punk rock spin on it all, right? But they don't, They the, to act like they don't do that kind of shit, man, is absolutely well, I ran into it. I ran into it when I was doing the stuff with Impact because I set up, it, it was almost, it, we had to go and they came back the last minute and canceled it. 
I had Deanna Prazo ready to drop the puck at the Cincinnati Cyclones playoff game for the Kelly Cup. Mm. And they came back and they're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You said impact wrestling. Our contract with the WWE forbids us to have any other wrestling promotion in here, any kind of any affiliate inside you, this building. Do you think do you think that they just came up with that on their own? No, they, they, they just happened to go. Let me look and see what they, they love the idea. I contacted them, had it all set up, and they called me at the last minute. Like, wait a minute, this isn't WWE. They figured out it was in their contract, or somebody caught word, or something like that. Somebody, it's somebody's job at WWE to fucking see where Impact is going and to see where they can fuck them up every little step of the way. Because we had it announced, I had the graphic, everything out. Down, it was going to drop the puck at the Cincinnati Cyclones, uh, AHL playoff game. And you think Kelly somebody Cup, the, did the championship game, the championship series of that league. And you think it doesn't get stooge and that somebody hits them up and then out of nowhere, it just comes that way. Or somebody in the office of the hockey goes, you know what? Let me check the rules and see if we can. No, that comes through the stooge report, bro. These are old promoter games where. It, yeah, I feel promoter- a little more important today. I did something that, that pissed <laughs> off the WWE. Yeah. And, and that, that, that's not a bad marketing tactic. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, and sometimes it might not be that, but if it, if it feels like a work, if it feels something rotten in Denmark, it's, it's, it's for the reason of the stooge report, bro. It really is. So, uh, that, that story makes me laugh and is funny. Uh, read the exact opposite 180 <laughs> degrees of what they're saying there. When they say we definitely don't, nothing is going to change. Like they just had the big Nick Khan rah-rah meeting too of like, everything's great. Everybody. That's the most terrifying thing that everybody should be seeing because now they're about to streamline just like they did when USA got absorbed into NBC. They go, we don't need two marketing teams. We don't need two production teams. And they cut all those people. Well, UFC did the same thing. Uh, Cut backs when Endeavor came on or took them over. And now they're going to do it again. And you're going to see people of every level from, uh developmental all the way up through on um, production staff that where they don't need uh what not duality what is it called uh when it's redundancy uh you know built in with two remote teams to go shoot something and chances are it won't be wwe employees getting to stick around they wouldn't go to the endeavor side that's already established after they've streamlined it once and go now you guys are fired we're keeping the wwe guys right so those meetings that are like, everything's fine. You better fucking have your resume ready and you better be on LinkedIn and you better be looking for the next project that you want to go work on. Can you get back to the NBA? Cause they brought a bunch of NBA people in. Is there opportunity to get back there or get on before the football season or major league baseball or what's the college nearest you where you can go and work as uh you know head of uh sports uh there to to help them and bring that knowledge that you have from a major company that way and and get your money up but if you're just sitting there going oh nick nick said everything's fine we're gonna be (laughs) we're gonna be good uh you're you're gonna be that much farther behind because you're not smartened up and you're inside the bubble. You like when you see and hear those things, that's the time to jump on LinkedIn and start flushing out contacts already. This pops, this pops in my head here. I know we're trying to get out, but just pops in real quick here Uh, with you got collision coming uh, premium live events, AEW pay-per-views. What does it mean to the indie business that the bigs are all running Saturdays? 
Uh, what's it mean to the Indian? Yeah, that uh, to be honest with you, that means we should run Sundays. Uh, I really I was, think- was going to suggest that to you. Like, is it the move to Sundays? Yeah, it's Friday or Sunday night. Uh, I think uh, Chris Laplante in uh, Crossfire is smart in the way he runs his shows on a Sunday afternoon at four o'clock, four thirty, because we're done by get seven. Every, they're out. Get everybody we're at out, the church. Bro. They're we're looking out. for something to do. Kids yep. aren't at sports. You could even run Saturday shows at that time because then you can still go do your Saturday night gimmick if you want to. If you're out by 7, 7.30, and here's what a lot of indie shows do. Well, could you run after parties? Ten matches on the fucking card. Sorry, go ahead. Get out in two and a half hours at four. Hey, then we're all going to have an after party and watch Collision. We're going to watch. We're going to go watch the whatever Summer Slam or something like that. Your opportunity to piggyback off them is is very smart. That's that's exactly what uh, you should be thinking about doing because you have the qualified group of people that you can then take and give them a bigger fan experience and they're going to be endeared to you and that can just become a part of your, your company. But LaPlante will have six matches on a card. and I've been on way too many indie shows with 10, 11, and I've gotten Immortal to trim it down to eight or nine. But six is fucking plenty. Three up front, three in intermission, and then three after, dude. Well, if you know, Pete always says, you can have 10 matches, but we're out in two and a half hours. I'd rather tell bigger and better stories. But we always kept it to five or six. But he always said, you can have as many matches because, you know, our money guys would always want to add these. Let's let's do this. Let's do this. And Beast would always say, you can have 100 matches, but we're out in two and a half hours. How about this? Where they don't understand that, uh, that if you're at the JFK Arena and you're not out by 9 o'clock, they're going to charge you for a a whole other hour there. I don't care if it's 9.01, bro. So why are we even fucking around with that? Is any indie match really worth it? Plus, if you got 10 matches on the card, that's let's say one of them's a tag. There's four extra guys. And then the other three are singles. There's six extra. That's 10 extra people that you have to pay for. Who cares if they're even $20 people, but let's put them at an average at 50 bucks, right? There's another $500 out of your fucking kick. That could be the difference between make it or break it. Or you, you also got to have uh ambulance on site. They're going to charge more fucking doctors only staying for so long so these promoters get like i've got to build a super card every show no you don't you need five quality storylines and one debut match for a new person coming in to get new new i got it i i didn't get to an argument we're going back and forth i was talking to another local promoter yesterday he was like could you imagine these dream matches i'm like why are they dream matches what's the story just because they can go out there and chain wrestle or you know do a move set i said what's the story why would yeah. anyone pay to see this? Movies aren't longer than two, two and a half hours. There's a reason why. The human attention span, your ass fucking gets tired sitting in a fucking hard ass seat after at about hour one. You know, hopefully we got them up and on their feet so they're they're pumped and they're not sitting there the whole time. But it's a the more the longer you go, you feel it in raw. You get to that last hour, all you're like, what the fuck time? Sometimes you'll get to nine thirty at raw. You think it's ten thirty. You look at the the watch and like, God damn it, it's only nine thirty. This fucking show's taking forever. It's only been ninety minutes. They just don't uh, want to understand. You can't change well, what's and in. And you kill your main event guys because when you get to that point. They're all out, the all the falsies, out. yeah, all the falsies have been done. Fucking, uh, they've seen everything. They've seen fifteen hurricanas and fucking inzaguris and every other goddamn thing. So what's left for the guys on the main event? Not much. 
So six shows in and out, three up front, intermission, three and back is the is the way to go. And a Sunday afternoon booking when kids got to be at school the next day or what have you, they're home by seven, in bed by eight, and you're good to go, dude. Uh, that, that's the smart way. And and going up against, that's where Collision is kind of putting themselves uh, uh, two steps behind before they even have their first show, bro. Like you're gonna go head to head with movie night, out a date night, college uh, football, U- UFC, college football, NFL, some weeks, MLB, basketball. It's just not. It's it. They should have gone 11 a.m. Saturday morning superstar spot if you were going on Saturday and get in and get the fuck out. You know. So, um. But what do I know, man? I've only been on the road for 17 years doing this shit. So. yeah dude yeah dude so but yeah i'll uh i'll I'll try and learn something you know i'm gonna really apply myself and hustle more tickets uh but uh hopefully the students at uwe tomorrow night can uh teach me a little something about this business is i'll be coaching here in oneida and uh having a good time man as always here at hameen media group back on the road looking for dispensary spots with my partners for raven dispensaries and uh as always, working hard on Horseshoe Genetics brand and all the other brands I got going on, man. It's a, it's an well, absolute. Well, well, all this returns, he's got a suggestion that I know you're going to love. Yeah, please. Six oh five. Yeah, yeah. Well, six oh five isn't bad, <laughs> right? Well, if I it's know, a I one hour. I, I thought that was going to uh, hit your your. Yeah, well, not I, hatred, I, I hate but dislike the, for Southern wrestling. Six oh five. Yeah, the Andy Griffith bullshit. <laughs> they don't don't. Yeah, I, I fucking used to like look at that TBS TNT six oh five shit. Like these fucking rednecks, nobody wants that shit. Just started at the top of the hour, you asshole. <laughs> you, that, it does trigger me. So points of the artist returns. Uh, but yeah, a lot, man. I know I owe everybody a a big dose. I'm gonna do a double shot. So hopefully today, if I can get it off uh, of the consultants for Patreon.com/slash Hameen Media Group. Uh, group and then uh as well as uh what else oh ggp and i just had too much on the docket last night to do horsemen so hopefully we can get get one off this week for you we want to talk about cb uh dc uh currency and uh the four strange uh murders or deaths uh surrounding cryptocurrency um barons uh very young um be be a good week here at HMG. Just so much going on. So we appreciate you guys subscribing wherever you are, supporting. Had a great time on twitch.tv slash Hami Media with the watch alongs. There won't be a Saturday one because uh, I told Renee I'm going to do Cafe Day Renee on his Patreon for the AEW watch along because he was so kind to join me uh, last minute for the Friday locker room. So we'll just have the SmackDown one this week. But uh, getting plenty of free locker room this morning to kick off their Mondays, Infidels. You know it was a good show in an hour and 45 goes by that quickly definitely didn't feel like watching raw which i have to do tonight as well so uh but y'all man what's going on with you out of the beat of the v today oh lots of good stuff uh as soon as we wrap up here i get about an hour and 45 minutes of sleep then it's a back back to it uh excited uh new project going on working with a former friend or not former friend but current friend Great friend of, of us, but former former friend, current enemy face, <laughs> former face here of Hami Media Group, uh, Chris Silvio, working with him on some exciting stuff sure. about getting some uh, some bookings like that. He's taking pure wrestling, intergender matches, uh, helping with some graphics and promotion like that. So be on the lookout for that. And oh, I got I I, sorry to jump on 
Did you oh, did you see this? This was the big hot spot where I'm actually probably going to order three of them. I don't know if I should wait if they're going to pull them or I want to get them. I don't want to pay full price. Wait till they go to clearance at WWEshop.com. But uh, Roman Reigns, the new Roman Reigns shirt, did you see it? No, I haven't seen it yet. It looks- it's a complete Baphomet shirt. Uh, and, you know, people are like, no, WWE doesn't do uh, satanic marketing and branding or anything along those lines. Nah, that's never. all That's all a conspiracy, and you don't know what you're talking about, bro. But uh, meanwhile, goat face, <laughs> arm in the air, arm down, and, you know, no different than the satan- Church of Satan. Baphomet, bro, of what's going on with little kids looking up to him. Uh, absolutely. I must be crazy, but I got mine at uh, the alley in Chicago, a real uh, satanic worship uh, store. So, uh, <laughs> but very interesting, man, of what they're still putting out there. And where's the blowback from parents, groups, or anybody who knows what's going on conspiracy wise and they just want to create controversy? This just is fall in line. This is indoctrination, bro. This is the, there's a reason these things are out there. It's not just for the, oh, it just happenstance that he's the goat, everybody. You didn't know that. That's why I put a goat face and the arms up. No, it's absolutely to, to pluck those strings and to indoctrinate everyone. Uh, but yeah, Allah, you guys, you know where to find them. Uh, RBV uh, eats. It'll be in a food truck near you in uh, Ohio. So uh, appreciate you joining me this morning, man. And everybody in the chat room, I think we are almost up to 50 strong live. So hopefully you guys have a good week and uh, kick it off, accomplish all your goals uh, and keep working hard. Cause that's what we do here. If you're an HMG unit soldier, you're not going to sit around on your ass and think you're over. Cause as Rip would say, you ain't fucking over. So get out there and hustle infidels. The Monday locker room channel at its to.com. Yolo. His name is Stevie Richards and he 